0: Mark Crown for the LA Clippers. You're now tuning in to Cruise Control, hosted by my man, Randy Cruz. Holla. Welcome to another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud.com, Monday, September twenty six, 2016, here in New York City. Again, you can download and subscribe to the Cruise Control Podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com. If you're a big fan of the show, we do have Cruise Control Podcast t-shirts available at ProWrestlingTees.com. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com. I'm a big-time wrestling fan, so that's why the shirt is on the site. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com for the Cruise Control Podcast t-shirts. And again, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com. Today is NBA Media Day for a majority of the NBA teams. And I'm joined by Mr. Jabari Davis of BasketballInsiders.com, who covers the Lakers for the site. Jabari, what's up, my man? How you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing I'm doing all right. I'm trying to stay cool out here in Los Angeles. But uh, I appreciate you having me, Randy.
0: Um, let me see. Where should I start? first? you know what, I I I'll start with this. Um, year two with D, you know D'Angelo Russell, uh, Larry Nance Jr., uh, Julius Randle in, in his official uh, two years in the NBA. Also Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I believe it's year three. A lot of a, a lot of the new guys coming back. Pretty much the entire roster is uh pretty pretty young. Um, what do you see in year two in the prospects of Russell, Nance, and and Randle and Clarkson?
1: Well, I kind of look at it as a situation where the gloves are finally off. You know, like they went through last season, not only with kid gloves, you know, some, some of them were battling, simply trying to stay in the rotation. Uh, you know, they ended up, for whatever their reasons were, you know, they ended up in the coach's doghouse, uh, in and out of the starting lineup, in and out of the, you know, really a, a set rotation. But this year, not saying that it's going to be easy under, you know, the new coach, Luke Walton, and his, and his staff, but if they're from what i've seen at least from the outside looking in it appears to be kind of like a like a breath of fresh air and i'm looking forward to that you know it, it, it's rare where you can go in you know, as, as a as a person that's followed this organization you know generally you know, basically for my entire life but definitely you know like the entire time that I've been covering the league, past five years or so, um, it's rare where you go into a season where you don't have any expectations. And when I say any, I, I, look, there's always going to be those fans that are like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. It's going to be yeah, whatever." The realistic people <laughs> that are watching this team, we don't have a lot of expectations, but there's you know they we're cautiously optimistic. Uh, anytime you're dealing with, you know, like as you mentioned, it a, a core group for the most part. You know, obviously they brought in Lou Dang and a couple other pieces. Uh, you know, to kind of shore things up, shore up the roster. But anytime you have a core group that you know their, their averages, you know their age averages right around 20, 21. At the oldest, 22 years old. Uh, you know, you, you really have to kind of curb your enthusiasm in terms of what, you know what you're expecting from that team. But I do expect you know them to be a lot more exciting you know, over these next couple years.
0: Well, I think the, the the major point you said, you know, the 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 gloves are off. You know, last year was pretty much. You know the whole retirement thing for for Kobe Bryant, and um, everything was really about him and his and 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 his farewell tour. Now you have D'Angelo Russell in year two as basically the franchise of your of your team at at, at the point guard position. You re-signed Jordan Clarkson, I believe, four years to fifty million dollar contract, so he's oh, on your roster for for the next four years, and that, and 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 that's your backcourt also with, with with Randall, Larry Nance, and the addition of Brandon Ingram for the draft. So those five guys, along with the additions of Maz Goff, Luau Dang, you know, our favorite, Jose Calderon. Um, <laughs> when you combine those those veterans with a lot of young guys, also, you know, Metal World Peace is back with the roster, but um, how do you think the veterans will impact the young guys on the roster?
1: Hopefully, honestly, hopefully, just show them the way. Show them how to be professional. Show them how to actually be NBA players. Because look, all these guys can play. If you made it, if you if you get to the NBA, like it, it's funny as it sounds, like a lot of a lot of us, you know, I consider myself a fan, whether I cover the league or not. I'm still a fan of the game. But a lot of us fans, we you know, we'll look at a guy that's at the end of a bench, say like, oh, he's sorry. Let's let's let, let's you know make it clear. You make it to the NBA. You are a great basketball player. You are at least great at something related to the game of basketball. Um, so they know how to play not you know it's a matter of learning how to win learning how to be a professional learning how you know yeah you want to go to the club and 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 I'm not one of those guys that's like oh stay out of the clubs you know just go home to the hotel but you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. the veteran guys can kind of teach them the time and place hopefully at least that's what you're hoping for you know from a, as an organization when you bring guys when you bring you know some of these guys in obviously especially a Lou all day
0: Yeah, and plus, you know, two years in a row, the Lakers have the second overall pick in the draft. Last year, you go with Russell, uh, D'Angelo Russell. This year, you go with Brandon Ingram from Duke. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about him and what kind of impact you think he'll have on the roster.
1: Look, when you bring that guy in, and I'm not going to place unrealistic expectations on him because, mm-hmm. you know, of course, the natural comparison that you heard was the Kevin Durant or you know, so, and other players of that type of build. Given the way that, uh, given the way that he can score the ball uh, in various ways, you know, and, and create, you know, offense, create and generate offense, uh, you know, from a turn and face position, um, you know, that's going to be there, but. I won't necessarily expect that. I just look at him as a guy that, you know, they're obviously banking. You know, I don't want to say banking their future on, but they, you know, they look at him as the, as that next scorer. Um, yes, it would have been nice, and it would, it would, and eventually will be nice when they can bring in, you know, that you know that big name, to, you know, free agent. But in the meantime, you may as well, and this is something that I said last season, and I understood or actually last couple seasons, you may as well just embrace what you get. So. I look forward to kind of watching him develop, you know, as a scorer, as a you know, and also on the defensive end, you know, with some of his physical tools that he you know that he's that he has shown. I look forward to watching that you know watching him develop over these next couple next couple years. I know that you mentioned D'Angelo, you know, like it's kind of like as the point guard, he's gonna he's expected to be the natural leader. But I'm what you know, like I look at I look at this like like I said, the gloves are off and everything is kind of wide open. I think every anybody that anybody that's looking to assert themselves, anybody that you know that can play, you know, they kind of have an. Opportunity to kind of take the reins now that, you know, as you mentioned, you know Kobe Bryant is no longer there.
0: Now, as of today, the potential starting five for the Lakers are who?
1: I think. Okay, so I mean, nothing. You know, I, I highly doubt they're set in stone, but it looks like. It looks like they're actually going to start Luol Deng at that small forward position. I think you had, I think you hit it on the head with the backcourt. Uh, it's probably going to be, uh, it should be uh, D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson. Right. Um, you know, you don't sign Mozgov to that deal if, you know, unless you're planning on playing him. So I would imagine they're going to start him while they, you know, some of those other the young guys are kind of you know finding their way in the league. Uh, you know, and I think it's going to be Julius Randle. Now that's an interesting one. I hesitated on that one only because I think there is a chance. And this is not, and I want to make it clear, I'm not. This is not a slight towards Julius Randle, but I think there's a chance you may get like the equivalent of just split action between both he and Larry Nance Jr. I really liked him as a rookie. I like him even more, you know, like with with the thought of him playing for you know in Luke Walton's system and what we presume Luke Walton's system is going to look like. Uh, they can do a lot of different things out there on the court. Uh, so I kind of like, I kind of like that. I, you know, like you know, some people see that as an issue, you know, that you have two guys that can that might be able to play at that position i like the ability to say hey you, you, at the four position you got a good you got a solid player you know like you know from top to bottom you know from the start of the game to the end of the game between those two and then plus i i also appreciate anytime you know there's a position or a roster battle so i'm kind of looking forward to seeing those two kind of battle that out as well even though randall starts i think it's going to be split time
0: now, last year, of course, is different than this year. There is no Kobe Bryant. There's no Byron Scott as head coach. But, and we know they did not make the playoffs last season. But what are some of the things that you liked from the team last year that you hope they can continue this season?
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, you know, Laker fans are going to be upset with me for saying this, but there's really not that much you know, from last year's team mm-hmm. that you'd want to carry over. And I'm just being honest. Yes, you know, some of the players, of course, but much of, you know, honestly, things look so discombobulated. Things look so, like, just, you know, disorganized. It looked like individuals were, you know, uh, know, half the team was on board with the, you know, with the Kobe Bryant, you know, situation. The other half was simply trying to figure out how to stay out of the coach's doghouse, you know what I mean? Like, so – I, I guess if, I, you know, like if, if I'm a member of that team, or if I'm a, a member of that, say, that front office, what I hope those players took from that is just you know, okay, you saw how to not do it. You know what I mean? You, you've already gone through a season of you know how it should not be done. You know, obviously to the point where you ended up you know only winning 17 games and in the lottery. Uh, you know, you're, you're with the second pick in the lottery. Uh, so let's build upon some of those mistakes and build upon some of those lessons that we learned. That's, if I'm the Lakers, that's what I'm hoping that they can get out of it. As opposed to developing negative habits.
0: We are chatting with Jabari Davis, writer and podcaster from BasketballInsiders.com, talking about the LA Lakers, and we'll get to some other teams in a minute. Um, this summer, the the salary cap went up, so that means you know any team could sign just about maybe two, three, four guys um, at the max level or you know middle mid range level. Um, you guys on the very first night. <laughs> on the very first night of free agency, at around twelve thirty-five a.m. on July first, um, you signed your first big free agent. Um, in, in, <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh. In in in, in Moscow, uh, from the from the Cavaliers, and uh, I believe it's. I on I, I, I want to get this right. <laughs> four four, four years. You, you want to make sure you get it right. <laughs> Timofey Moskov, four years, sixty four million dollar contract. All right, so um, obviously there was you know people like Duran and Al Horford, a whole bunch of guys that were available, but you end up with Mozgov, Luau Deng, um, and if I'm missing somebody, help me out. But those those were the guys you got from free agency. Obviously, not the big names Laker fans wanted, but providing Mozgov and, and Luau Deng to the roster, what can they bring? To this young Lakers squad. Uh, I love how you build
1: it up with, yeah, you guys paid that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, the reality is this mm-hmm. everybody that expected, and this is the reason why, like, with ESPN, and I'm, you know what, I, I respect the brother a lot, but like, Stephen A. Smith, Remember, like just before the just before free agency started, when they started like pumping those stories of the Lakers, you know, they could get Kevin Durant and such and such, and he was really going with it, right? Mm-hmm. There was no look. I, I, again, I'm not questioning anybody's professionalism, not you know, questioning anybody's integrity, of course, but there was no story there. The Lakers were never going to get Kevin Durant right now. Like just like last year, they were never going to get LaMarcus Aldridge. Just like the year before that, the, you know, like you know, Melo was never going to come here. It's not because it's not because the Lakers are just some gutter organization it's just because they're at a down period right now so folks that had those expectations honestly that you know they, they, they were just fooling themselves uh because like if you're one of those players in your prime why would you want to come to a rebuild even if it's an honor to play for an organization with all of the history that they have and and all of you know all of the great things that you know that that the, that lake you know lakers fans can you know can rejoice in why would they have come it just wouldn't have made sense um that said, yeah, I was a bit surprised when you know those were the names that were you know that were listed only because the Lakers as an organization I feel did a poor, did a poor job of managing the expectations. They went out there saying they were going to get those big names and we're going to bring them in. Well, no, that wasn't realistic, and you probably should have prepared your fan base in, in a in a more appropriate way. Anyhow, you know, all those guys can do is we're going to be honest with you. Like I, you know, kind of like what I mentioned earlier is you know be contributors. Uh, obviously, Mozgov is not going to be a star. Uh, obviously, Luol Deng at 30 or if I'm not mistaken, 31 years old—he's not the same guy that he was when he was 24. But he is a guy that can, yeah, can still play and contribute. You know, we've seen that uh, playing multiple multiple positions and multiple roles. You know, for that Miami team the last couple years. Um, so it, it, it's good—it's good to bring guys in that can that can not only kind of act as mentors, but can also contribute. Because like that was kind of sort—that of, was sort of the thing last year when they brought Meta you know—back. I—you know—my question was, what is he going to? You know, how is the team going to benefit? It from him being on it, and it's kind of my same opinion of it this year. Uh, I, I, and you know, that's not a slight, or you know, that's not a you know, a diss towards Meta because he's actually one of my favorite players that I've ever covered. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just to make that clear. Uh, but if you know, if you just want to have him around the team and he's not going to actually be able to contribute on the court, I say move him into a player development type role. Uh, and and that's really you know, like I said, like, you know, from those veterans, um, it's not you know, since it's not going to be about a playoff push or anything like that. Uh, all you know, like they're there to support the young. Guys, guide them along the way and just contribute. You know, and contribute to the best of their ability. But you know, we're not expecting. We you know we're not you know planning any um uh, any parades down Figueroa because Jose Calderon and Timothee Mozgov and Lou Alding have suddenly put on the purple and gold.
0: Well, I've I felt even for a little bit that if there was one guy that was going to come there this year or next year or at least you know give the Lakers. A, a a big benefit of the Dow would have been Russell Westbrook, but he ultimately stayed with OKC.
1: Yeah, and, and it would have been nice. Like, don't get me wrong; it would have absolutely been nice. But if like if, if you're him and you look at that situation and you finally have a team to you know like a team of your own, you know, regardless of whether he. Knew that that's what he wanted, or would have publicly admit admitted or acknowledged that's what he wanted. I think it's very clear that it's not necessarily something he's, that he's looking to run away from. So now that you're in that situation, while you know you while you lose Durant, um, you know that's still a pretty darn good team. And then, if you look at the Lakers on the flip, like, like, like on, the, on the other side of things, while there's a lot of promise and a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of players, you know, you know for the for Lakers fans to be excited about. Um, if you're Russell Westbrook and, and you're accustomed to trying to play for a title, you don't necessarily want to take that much of a of a step back. You know what I mean? You know, so give it, you'll know, give it in another couple of years, another season, maybe two seasons to kind of develop. We see how things going OKC. See how things go across the landscape. I'm I'm not saying that I'm not putting the rumor out there that I think that's going to take place. But it's certainly you know certainly not an you know not an impossible thing uh, to think of. Like uh, say I think at that time a 29 year old Russell Russell Westbrook reconsidering as though you know that as an option.
0: No, I, I think a positive from, from, from you guys is the fact that you do get Luke Walton from, from Golden State. Um, a lot of fans, you know, on your end on my end, just weren't in favor of Byron Scott as the head coach of the Lakers. So now you get Luke Walton. It, this is his first career coaching job as a head coach ever. Um, he did coach with, with Golden State and did uh, 40, 42 games. Uh, but now this is his team. Um, and now he has the young roster mixed with the veterans. One, did you like the Luke Walton hire? Two, what do you think he'll bring knowing that he has the knowledge from Golden State?
1: Loved it. The answer to your first question, loved it. Um, I appreciated that it was decisive. I appreciated that finally it appeared that the timing is right. Uh, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it in terms of like the the the, the higher matching the talent. Uh, the last five, you know, Laker coaches. It simply didn't make any sense. Like when they when they rushed and they brought in Mike Brown without really you know consorting or you know kind of discussing it with Kobe reportedly, that Mm -hmm. made no sense. You know when they did you know when they then they when they all of a sudden went to Mike D'Antoni even though they had a a big bulky you know slow it down you know uh, roster that made no sense. When it did kind of you know the idea of Byron Scott made somewhat of sense because he was kind of like like with the thought of okay he's just going to be a placeholder to get Kobe on you know. you know, like you know, uh, dribble off out into the distance. I got that, but then once you brought in all those young guys, it, it no longer made sense. Once you brought in all those young guys, it just didn't because Byron is not a guy that is, you know, I was going to say he doesn't suffer fools well, but that, that'll sound like I'm dissing the young guys. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, kind of kowtow to young guys. He's not, he doesn't seem like a guy that, that's looking to teach guys how to be professional. He's looking for kind of more of a ready-made roster, which I understand because you stay in your wheelhouse. That said, Luke appears to finally be, you know, like the right guy at the right time. I don't care that he was a part of, you know, the Lakers organization before. But what I do care is the kind of the lineage that he's had. He's the son of of Bill Walton, obviously. You know, like a. Uh, 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 A wealth of basketball knowledge that played for Lou Olson the the, the, uh, legendary uh, college coach, then played for Phil Jackson, then played, you know, and and then worked alongside Steve Kerr. That's a pretty darn, you know, impressive, you know, I I guess you could say basketball tree. And I think it is shown. He's he's a guy that gets that appears to have the favor of the players. Like the guys are seem very excited to be playing for him, or at the prospect of playing for him. Uh, he's a guy that you know he's had some you know he's had moderate success in an assistant's position or associate head coach position. But you know he's a guy that you know he, he brings uh, he at least brings people to the you know, to the point where they're like, hey, you know what? There's hope. There's actual hope. So, I look for, you know, like, you know, much like with the players, I look forward to, you know, kind of watching him develop and, and develop his, you know, you know, develop his own coaching philosophies, kind of probably, in all likelihood, probably taking bits and pieces from all of those individuals. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the right time and the right guy, in my honest opinion.
0: And obviously, the big change in L.A. is the fact that Kobe Bryant retired um, at the last season, 20 years in the NBA, all 20 with the Lakers. First battle Hall of Famer. Um, How long, for you as a fan, and plus, you know, as a general consensus, how long would it take for fans to get used to the fact that Kobe Bryant is no longer a Laker and no longer in the NBA? It's going to
1: sound funny uh, until they're winning again. Now, I'm not saying until they're winning titles, you know, it's not, I, you know I don't necessarily think it's going to take fans to get over that. And there's, there's a percentage of the, like, just to be clear, there's a percentage of the population of the of the you know Laker-loving population out here that were, if they're being honest about it. Ready for that, you know, transition to go ahead and take place. Right. Um, not that you know, not that they were, you know, not that anybody was like, oh, you know what, forget everything he ever was about. But it was more of, a, okay, it's kind of, it's probably time to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the most steadfast, you know, we'll call them Kobe fans, as opposed to Laker fans. They, you know, it's probably going to take, uh, you know, until these guys start to establish themselves. Uh, you know, they, they they see some success, uh, and and I honestly think, you know, m- maybe another season or two. Uh, because as crazy as it's going to sound, I think this Lakers team could be a playoff team, not this season at all. I've already made that clear. But as early as next season, not this season, again as early as next season. If things were to shape up proper, you know, like you know, shape up, you know, the right way, guys, take you know, guys take the natural step that I expect. Guys like D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, and Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle and all of those individuals to take. Brandon Ingram works out the way that I anticipate him working out, and then you end up bringing in another guy next summer. I, I actually could see them in that in a similar position to where, say, Minnesota is heading into
0: this year. We are chatting with Jabari Davis of BasketballInsiders.com. Just a few more before I let you go. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Paul Pierce will be retiring um, after this season. So, again, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to get to Garnett and Duncan and Kobe in a second, but now you can add Paul Pierce to the name, to, to the list of, players that are announcing their retirement he'll retire after this this season and he's still currently a clipper so um when you kind of bottle everything together um how would you describe the career and legacy of paul pierce he's had on the nba
1: paul pierce was nasty you know what i'm saying like Paul as a scorer you know as a scoring forward mm-hmm. uh for the better part of a decade you know it, it didn't get much better you know what I mean? You he know, kind of had the inside game. He had the outside game. He could, you know, knock it, you know, knock it down from deep. Uh, he was tough, gritty. Obviously, you know, he did his thing, and you know, he, he's, a, he's a, a, excuse me, a, a finals winner. Uh, I, you know, it's unfortunate. And when I say this, I'm, you know, like I, I, I'm hesitant. It's unfortunate, kind of the way that, you know, like it, it's ending up for him. And when I say unfortunate, only because I'm, you know, like I'm being my, I'm being nostalgic. I remember, you know, like Paul Pierce, the truth. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, you know, like, even even playing, you know, like in that Celtics, uh, you know, Celtics, white and green. Um, you know, he's ended up being ended up with these Clippers. And I'm gonna say. This is selfish of me to say. I would have liked to see him, reti- you know, the, go ahead and announce his retirement so he could be in as a part of the greatest uh, Hall of Fame class in 2021. But I do understand it. It's easy for me to say that from the outside when I'm not looking at the prospect of making probably another $5 million and at least a chance of going out on top again. So I I get it. I just would have, you know, if I were him, like I said, you know, and and no one ever walks away at the perfect time. And even if they do, like say Jordan, they'll come back, you know, uh, come back in a wizard's uniform. Um, It just would have been nice to see him kind of go out and be in that same group with Garnett. And, you know, like I said, with what I consider to be the strongest uh, Hall of Fame class ever.
0: Now we, we we mentioned the Clippers. Um, you know, every, every year they're always in the mix. Top four in the in the Western Conference. We have San Antonio, OKC, and now Golden State. Um The roster doesn't really change every year. They they don't really add the big time free agents um that they you know would be pursuing so now they they still got blake griffin they still got chris paul they both got hurt in that playoff series against portland last year they'll they'll come back healthy um but but not not a lot of changes to where you could say you know what this team can potentially win the western conference or win the nba finals um what is the what is the clippers window of trying to win a championship
1: I think it's now or never. And it's funny because I did the preview for basketball insiders uh, for the Clippers as well as the Lakers, of course, uh, but I did it for the Clippers. And you know it's probably the most research I've done, you know, done on that team. Cause I don't, necessarily, I don't, you know, cover them, you know, here. Uh, Chris Paul has the option to opt out after this year. Blake Griffin has the option to opt out after this year. JJ Reddick is going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. And you just get that feeling of like, yeah, it's either now or never. Uh, 2014, you know, they had that epic collapse, you know, against the Rockets. If I'm not mistaken, they were up three-one, you know, with you know, with, uh, with home court in that in that series, uh, you know, ended up losing, and then the, you know, the Rockets went ahead and ended up losing in the in the conference finals, obviously to the uh, to the Warriors. Uh, but outside of that. And I'm not making excuses because, like, you know, I'm the first one to always say injuries are a part of professional sports. They're an unfortunate part of professional sports, but availability is the best ability when it comes to, you know, when it comes to sports. Um they've really been hit by the injury bug all the you know like every single year that this group has been together a few years back it was chris paul's hamstring a couple you know the next year it was his hamstring and his thumb if i'm not mistaken last year it was his thumb you know you know, this you know and, and as well as blake you know with the uh what, what was blake's injury did did his did his quad detach or some yeah, crazy quad. thing like
0: that yeah quad injury
1: yes, like, yeah, like it's been a lot of crazy stuff like that. And again, not making excuses, I just I'm just hoping that with a more complete roster and they do have a more complete roster, in my opinion this season, uh, with probably their most complete roster that they've had, you know, the, during this you know during this core group's uh, run, I'm hoping that they can find the balance that they need in order to just maintain that roster health because i I at least want to say, hey, look, they you know they, uh, they were at least healthy they've got no excuses and you know like and and, and should you kind of definitively you know give a judgment on this group and, and the run that they had especially with all of that you know like i said with 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 those key ingredients potentially and i don't think all three of them would leave but you know when anytime you have got free agency coming you know potential unrestricted free agency coming you you, know, you you at least have to operate under the you know under the assumption that it could take place so i think it's now or never i really do
0: Right, and then, you know, Chris Paul can be a free agent and then he'll sign with the uh, New York Knicks. There you go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't know if he does that. That's going to make him, you know, even be more closer to a championship. I don't know that, but I just feel like as a fan on the outside looking in, it's like you always have San Antonio revamping their roster getting a bit younger you know each and every year now now there's no Duncan, but you still get Paul Gasol who's a, a very serviceable uh, serviceable big man you get Golden State who gets arguably the top 3 NBA player uh you know in the league it, with Kevin Durant um OKC okay, still has uh, Russell Westbrook. I don't know if they'll take a step back, but it always seems to be tough competition in the Western Conference, and the Clippers are always right there. And I'm like, w- what is it that you can't get somebody big time or someone big time out there to get you over the hump? And it seems like, I mean, they, they've tried. they tried. They, they tried the whole Josh Smith, Lance Stevenson ex- uh, experiment, and that didn't work. They both got traded in the same year, but then it's like, you know who can you bring to the, you know to the roster that can propel you over the hump because with with Jordan and Blake and Chris Paul that may not be enough arguably in, in today's in today's game. Um, you know Reddick is good, Jamal Crawford is, is my guy, but I'm like, who else can you bring that can propel this team to go over San Antonio, to go over Golden State, to go over Oklahoma City, and I, I think every every summer they might try, but they just they just they just don't bring enough guys and talent to help propel them, you know, over the hump.
1: Well you mean wait, hold on. So you mean Maurice Space doesn't do it for you? You don't think that that's gonna be the answer?
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm um, just being no. a jerk about it. No,
1: I I hear you. The the trouble is when you have those key guys locked in the large contracts, you don't you can't you don't necessarily have the flexibility or the right you know like the the uh, the roster uh, excuse me the cap space in order to do that. Um, which is the reason why I you know, to my you know, the, you know the best of my understanding of it, it it really does seem like they're like okay let's get this gate let's get this gang back one more time. This you know, essentially one more game as a yes. Yeah, as some folks will say, and just see if they can do it. Because if they can't this summer, they've got to make some choices, and they're going to be some difficult choices. But they, you know, they're going to have some some on their hands if they say that, especially if they were to go out in that first round again. um I'm not necessarily one of those individuals that says like, oh, you know, Chris Paul can't can be considered a great player because he goes out in the first round every year. But I would say, I will say, I would like to see him compete in the conference finals because I do think that he is an all-time great point guard and. Because he's an all-time great point guard, I'd always just like to see them, you know, competing at the highest level.
0: Do you think Chris Paul and Blake Griffin remain a Clipper for the whole entire season?
1: For the entire, I'm sorry, the entire year or just yeah. career?
0: No, for the, for the entire season coming up.
1: Uh, Yes, I do. I do. I think they're. I think they're going to roll the dice and really go for it um, because they're probably operating under the assumption that one of those two will stay and they can get the other to be smart enough to do a sign and trade.
0: Now, if they don't get over the hump, what does it say for Doc Rivers?
1: Uh. If you are, you know, if you're a doc, if you're a true believer, a top, a doc believer, you probably say, well, you know what, the circumstances, you know, it, 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 you know every other team except for one, you know, uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't win. You know, you, you come up with you, you come up with that rationalization, and you and you realize that, and, and you just accept things for what what they are. Uh, if you say you question Doc as being considered a top two or three coach to begin with, then you may point out the fact that he hasn't had very much success, and he since he has. Tom Thibodeau as an assistant, and some of those other great assistants on that bench. Again, it's, I guess it's a matter of perspective, but in my opinion, uh, for me, I hold Doc right around where I, you know where I, where I think he is. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's you know, one of the best. But what I would probably you know recommend for that team is make and make a decision. Pick pick you know either you're going to be the president of operations and basketball mind you know, like in the front office, or you're going to be the coach. Because you, know, you have to make some sort of change. And I'm not saying you make change simply to make change, but if you, you know, if you go at something five straight years, especially in professional sports, and it's simply not working, and say, for instance, it's getting worse each year in terms of your ultimate success, regardless of what the reasons are, you, uh, in, my, in my opinion, you have to, you know, you have to at least consider you know, making a change at that stage. Not necessarily saying you know, get rid of them all together, uh-huh. but maybe bring in another mind in that front office.
0: The final question I got for you, Jabari Davis, um, you know, obviously we, we've seen Kobe retire, Tim Duncan retire uh, recently as last week. Kevin Garnett is added to the list of people retiring from the NBA. Also, Amari Stoudemire earlier in the summer. So four guys, four guys that me and you basically seen play their their whole entire career on TV. Uh, whether we grew up watching them or not, we saw all of them become all-stars and champions and just kind of change the game here um, in, in in the uh, in the country and, and, and abroad but um, what do you take from what is one thing that that, that you would miss from Kobe Duncan Garnett um, and if you, if, you, if you do want to put Amari in there, you could, because I know you mentioned earlier <laughs> that the whole 2021 Hall of Fame class is going to be filled with Kobe Duncan and Garnett, arguably the greatest uh, Hall of Fame class ever. But what is one thing from each guy that you feel like, you know what, I'm going to miss this from this particular player this season?
1: I'm gonna give you something different. I'm gonna try to give you something different for each one. From Kobe, I'm just gonna remember that. I'm just gonna miss that dog. You know what I mean? That dog. It didn't matter. It does. It didn't matter whether it was a game on a random, you know, you know, Tuesday night in February or you know, Game Seven of the Finals. You you you, you kind of just knew what you were gonna get from him, which was everything that he could possibly give you. Um, I'm not you know, like I, I'm not one of those old heads that says like, oh, you know, in my day, the big game. But I will say. There are definite differences in the temperaments of players these days and I'm not saying that's worse I'm just saying it's different. Um, I appreciate that Toby kind of had that I don't give and I'm not going to mess things up on your show. <laughs> I don't give a darn, you know, you know, attitude no matter who you were, no matter mm-hmm. what the circumstances were and no matter what the situation was. I appreciate that. From Garnett, it's kind of it's actually it's kind of very similar and it's kind of it's one of the reasons why, you know, Privately, I always wanted to see those two play together. Like All those years where it was like, hey, the Lakers might go after Garnett, I was right there like, yes, I want to see those guys play. Now, I don't know how their teammates would have felt about it, having two guys that intense at the same time, all the time, but I would have certainly loved to have seen the the intensity that they played with. With Garnett... I miss big ticket Garnett. All of the stuff after the fact, and you're know, like, yeah, you know, like, you know, the, the, the run with Boston and the, and, all the, and all the teams afterwards. Yeah, that was fine. But big ticket Garnett, if you know, folks, for folks out there that don't remember necessarily remember him, or didn't get to see him completely, you know, because of whether they were too young or whatever the case is, they didn't see Minnesota Timberwolves games. Go back and take a look, man. The guy literally did everything, was everything, and was just an incredible player. Uh, you know, just you know, you just came with. The most probably probably the most passion I've ever seen So anyhow with him that's you know, the, like Kobe it, it's about their passion uh, who else we got
0: Tim Duncan
1: Tim Duncan I mean I, as funny as it sounds I'm gonna miss kind of like like his way. Like, just as much as I appreciated Kobe, just as much as I appreciated Kobe for the way that he did things, I also, on the flip side, appreciated Duncan, because he didn't care. He, like, he wasn't there. He wasn't there to make friends. He wasn't there to be all buddy-buddy. He wasn't there. To, he was just going out there killing you, literally killing you with a stoic face. Like there's something kind of gangster about that, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's one thing to dunk on somebody and scream and let them know. It's another thing to dunk on them. It's kind of like in football, like you know, like you run, you, you know, you run for, you run for a touchdown, and instead of spiking it, instead of doing something crazy, you just calmly hand it over to the ref. I don't know. There's something gangster about that. With Duncan, I always got that feeling. So, uh, he, you know, all three of them are all-time greats. You know, I, I don't care where you put them. You know, you you know, folks, folks, you know, they get all up in arms about ranking and whatnot. I don't care where you you know, what, you know what number you place next to them as long as you accept that they are all-time greats and I you know you and I myself we were both fortunate absolutely fortunate to have watched their entire careers.
0: Aside from wine baths, what will you miss from hmm, uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wine <laughs> bath. my man with that wine bag. I mean, I mean, apart from the you. fact that all of a sudden, like,
1: probably like after seven years in a league, he said, "No, my name is actually Amare with an apostrophe uh, before the e." Um, after never mentioning that, <laughs> nah, man, Amari with those Phoenix Suns teams. As much as I hated him, and I tell you right now, I hate him. I lived in Tucson for a couple years. As a matter of fact, Lit- yeah, uh, obviously, uh, and for the folks that aren't familiar with Arizona. It's about an hour and a half outside. Of, uh, outside, uh, I can tell you this: those dang fans would would not let you forget how nasty he was on the fast break, how nasty he was on the pick and roll, how just just filthy he was. Um, I miss those teams. I, I, I'll always miss that Amari. I know that, you know, the Knicks fans, you know, they may not like to hear that, or maybe they do. Maybe they do prefer to remember him, you know, as a son. Um, but, yeah, I'll I remember those. You know, those were some special teams. You know, he was obviously, you know, a great scorer and a great finisher on those teams. So, that'll be what I miss from him.
0: I'm surprised you didn't mention that you'll be missing the the Tim Duncan uh, button-downs and khaki pants and... <laughs> <laughs> that, you know that goes.
1: That goes into the same thing. Like I'm like he just didn't that's him. care. Like he, it's you can clown on. Like we can all clown him. We can say like, hey, look, he shops at Old Navy, and dude really does shop at Old Navy. I, first of all, I don't know how you do that at seven foot, but that's a whole. That's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that another day. But he literally just didn't care. You know, just did him. And I, I really do appreciate that. So the button downs, the killing you with a you, know, with a you know with a stoic you know expression across the board. Duncan is you know Duncan is a classic.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he he's probably one of the NBA guys who doesn't even have an Instagram or a Twitter account, from to my knowledge.
1: He's, yeah, he's yeah. That it would shock me if all of a sudden I saw you know Duncan you know, <laughs> you know popping up on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like like yeah, you know, it it might break Twitter. You know, like if you get a you know, like a what's good out of Tim Duncan, TD twenty one, what's good? That might you know Twitter might fold on top of itself.
0: Um, last one, just in general, whether it's Eastern Conference, Western Conference, what are what are some some storylines that you, as a fan, are interested in seeing this season? Whether it's a team, it's a new coach, uh, new players, a uh, player that 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 changed teams, what are you most interested in seeing uh, this season?
1: I'm, I got a few, and I'll go. But I'll try to go through them quickly. I want to see what Paul. Uh, what, uh, excuse me, I was gonna say Paul Pierce you know, on the brain, but what Paul? Uh, golly, Paul George has. You know, with Indiana, okay. I think that team is, is significantly improved. Uh, I I really love the addition of Jefferson, the backup, the young boy there, Miles Turner. Uh, I you know. Some people got all sensitive when I said that Jeff Teague was a was an upgrade over you know George Hill. And by some people, I mean some of the uh, Pacers media that you know that I interact with on Twitter. Uh-huh. But I'm sorry, I, I I just feel that way. Maybe he's not the defender, you know that that uh that George Hill was. But I kind of feel like across the board, that's an upgrade. Um, I, I'm intrigued by them. I want to see if they can contend for that, top, you know, for a top two or three seed. Um, I want to see what Dwight Howard. You know, we didn't talk about him, but I want to see what Dwight Howard can do down there in Atlanta. Mm. Uh, Dennis, you got Dennis Schroder uh, moving into that starting position. I want to see what their chemistry is going to be like, and if they can, you know, if they can kind of maintain some of their success. And quite frankly, I'd like to see happy Dwight Howard again. I know that a lot of people hate him, and like for whatever their reasons are. Now, I'm not even going to challenge you on that, but I don't care. I'd like to just see the guy happy again. Uh, you know, I, I'm not expecting him to win a title or anything like that, but, you know, hey, uh, you know, him being comfortable in his, if, a, if I'm not mistaken, his hometown, uh, if, that can, if that can be the trick, I'm all for it. Um, you know, there's, there's literally dozens of storylines. You know, Western, obviously I'm excited about the young, all of the different young cores, whether I mentioned in Minnesota, uh, you know, the Lakers, Philly, uh, even Denver, the Suns. Looking forward to seeing what their, you know, Devin Booker, excuse me, you know, what he can turn into because I actually think he's going to be their best player by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're probably going to you go, know, hey, look, hey, Brandon Knight might be available. There you go. <laughs> For you, Knicks. Uh, um, okay. But, no, <laughs> just across, like across the board, man, like there's so many great storylines. I know that much of the attention is going to be paid to the Golden State Warriors, and understandably so, but, you know, I'm just excited for the basketball to be back. I'm excited for the NBA, right. and I, I, I can't I can't wait to get to it.
0: Absolutely, man. Jabari Davis, BasketballInsiders.com. NBA kicks off in about 30 days. Can't wait. Always appreciate you coming on the show, man.
1: Truly, my pleasure, man. You know what? You know I will sit here and talk you talk your ear off about the NBA. <laughs> so I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Always.
0: All right. Thanks. All right. Ready?